Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is your host, Severin Henderson, again for another episode of Department 3C Presents, a podcast connected to fire. Before we get the episode started, I just wanted to give a quick overall view of what it is I do, because a lot of people keep saying, what is it that you do and what are you offering? What is our call to action? What do you want to happen? Well, let me start off by telling you this. I am a business consultant. I am a life coach. I am a public speaker and I am a marketing consultant. So if you need anything to do with business of any type, please reach out to me. My email address is info at d3cpresents.com. That's info at d3cpresents. Dot com. Info at 3CPresents.com. Got a little tongue-tied there. Sorry about that. But you can understand and know what I'm saying. And at the same time, I want to speak to you, and I want to be able to get you going in the right direction with any business that you need going. In addition to that, we have a phone number, and we have an office that you can come to and visit us if you schedule an appointment. Our telephone number is one 855 nine six nine three five three eight you can expect to see a number from us there if you ever want to reach out and the website is www.d3cpresents.com and we look forward to speaking to you and serving you in any way we can and always remember we're here when you need us Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is Severin Henderson back again for another episode of Department 3C Presents, a podcast connected to fire. Today, I have the opportunity to speak with my first full-time partner in the fire service. He is a fire person that taught me so, so much and... Not to say that I know a lot, but what I learned, I learned a lot from him in the city of East Cleveland. So, Mike Saliga, without further ado and a bunch of intros and everything else, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay. Mike is here. He drove all the way to Chicago from Cleveland to come hang out with us on the podcast, and I feel like the pleasure is all mine, the fact that he came up here and took such a long drive. Our episode today is going to be all about mental health in the fire service. That's our topic. That's our guide. That's what we're about. Um, And that's what we're both kind of on. So we want all our brothers and sisters to know that there's a avenue and there's a venue for you to come talk to and speak about anything that you need to and you can reach out to us. So that's what this episode is about. So if you want to hear about that, keep listening. And if you don't and you turn it off, you're probably not a good person. So <laughs> we're going to have fun in the middle of it at the same time, too. You know, we got to have a little we got to have some jokes in there. But Mike, tell us just the beginning of your story in the fire service overall. Not where you're at now, but where you started off at. Uh, it's uh, it's a long story. Yeah, we, uh, that's what we're here for. I started, actually, my father was in the fire service uh, back in, you know, the 80s as a volunteer. Uh, so I've pretty much made the firehouse my home since I was five years old. Okay. Um, 
when I turned 18, I got my first job working uh, as a paid volunteer in 1991. And then by 1997, I had started in uh, the city of East Cleveland okay. full-time as a career and uh, rose up through the ranks there, worked a few other part-time jobs and along the way, and here I am. Okay. So the biggest department, the the claim to fame, and I talk about it at times, is East Cleveland. East Cleveland is a very densely populated city in Cleveland. It's not Cleveland, and it's not just the east side of Cleveland. It's its own suburb. East Cleveland at one time had, and it still has some of the stuff, but I've been gone for 12 years. So, but What you want to know? I got it all. <laughs> police department. They got their own police department. Yes, sir. Own, they used to have trash. No. No trash no more. Uh, no. It's um, private contractor now. Okay. Cable. They still got the cable company? No. What about the water company? No, that that was uh, contracted out to another city. Okay. It, as well it should have been because no suburbs were had these type of services that East Cleveland had. East Cleveland was independent of pretty much everybody. Correct. They had, like I said, a cable company, a water company, a trash collection. What else did East Cleveland have at the time? I think that uh, might be it. East Cleveland's had a lot. Uh, it was it was one of the better uh, cities to live in back in the day. Um, you know, it was the home of John D. Rockefeller. There we go. Yep, it was the uh, home of John D. Rockefeller. That's you know, what kind of put us on the map. The first Ohio gas station still standing there, unless it's burned down in the last six months or so, but I don't think it has. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the dam, the yeah, cemetery in the dam. Cemetery, uh, Lakeview Cemetery. Yep. Uh, we cover part of the largest dam east of the Mississippi. We have one of the highest, tallest high-rises in uh East of the Mississippi or all of Ohio, it's twenty-seven stories, all residential. No, fought a big fire in no there. No commercial, yeah. That that got us. That got us over the hump a, a lot because I was still there at the end too. Yeah, when we had that yeah. fire in there. Um, you know, there's uh, the start of the um, RTA Rapid starts yep. there. Windermere. Um, you, we have a RTA bus garage there. Uh, there's a couple of tributaries to Lake Erie that run underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a very unique community. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say it's a very unique community, a very unique city. It's like nowhere else, and at the same time, it's like we don't get credit for as different and as awesome as it is. I mean, it's a really great community, and a lot of times people look at the fiscal things that we had going on and they was like, oh, y'all ain't nothing. But no, East Cleveland was where it was at. No, that's where it's at. Yeah. So I was a very, very proud member uh, to be in East Cleveland. I met some of the best firefighters I've ever had the opportunity to work with. And they, we had a thing there before I was born and before I was employed on the department, white flight. And a lot of the white people moved out of the 1960s. 1960s. And so that kind of left the city desolate, still very densely populated. It was at 2.2 square miles, right? Uh, two and a half, okay. roughly, yeah. And at the time that I was there, it was still populated by 20,000 people because that same high rise, a lot of people, a lot of projects, a lot of people. People were all over the place in these cooking. So we were per capita the busiest department in ohio right 
I would venture to say yes. Per square mile, yeah, per capita. Yeah, because even Cleveland, we were busier than Cleveland. Um, Columbus, we were busier than them. Um, Cincinnati, we were busier than them. Just for that area that we had, we were busy all over the place. And, of course, we were busy EMS-wise like anything else. I mean, we had fires, too, but we weren't like here where I'm at in the city of Chicago. We have different services. Um, the city of Cleveland, they have different services. But in East Cleveland, you were there before East Cleveland took over EMS. So tell me a little bit about that. That was the best kept secret in <laughs> Northeast Ohio. I'm going to be honest with you, Sev. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we we ran 1,400 calls a year. Mm-hmm. When you heard the 911 phone ring because we did our own dispatching, you knew you were going out on something. Straight fire. Straight fire. Yeah. You didn't have to deal with you know picking up grandma off the floor or anything like that nothing uh it was it was truly the best kept secret in northeast ohio we had 12 guys on duty every single day with 1400 calls and i i god that was great yeah so you know what i never picked your brain about all that but now that we're sitting here i'm going to that's why you were such a good firefighter and it's funny that I say firefighter because here I would say you were a great engine guy because you knew how to lead out like phenomenally. Like you knew exactly how much hose you needed to get to where you needed to get to. And again, I say firefighter because in East Cleveland, we had to do everything different departments. You know, you have a job, this your job, this what you're doing for the day, do that. That's it. But in East Cleveland, you had to be a well-rounded. You you had to open up. You had to bring the pipe. You had to. Well, we didn't we didn't put holes in the roof because no need to take your beating. There you go. And that was the first lesson I heard when I got there. And I got I was fortunate enough to get hired um, with a bunch of guys from Cleveland that got laid off. And Cleveland that was one of the first times any big city had laid off firefighters and that was around 2008 when the crash and everything was going great bad. group of guys too great yep. group of guys great group of guys i learned a lot from them as well but i remember i was sitting up in the bunk room and i was on b shift and we used to go abc and mike was on b shift and i like i said i was paired up with him the only reason i got hired because i was a paramedic but <laughs> But the rest of the guys That's that's when we took over the ambulance We needed a few extra guys Right They needed a few extra guys But other And Mike was a paramedic too Which was awesome Great medic By the way I mean If this podcast Just sounds like I'm singing his praises It's because I learned a lot from this guy I appreciate it I appreciate it I wouldn't Be where I'm at If it wasn't for Learning from him But Enough of that like I was saying, I was sitting up in the bunk room on B shift. They training us, they showing us what to do and everything, and they said, "Yeah, we don't cut holes in roofs." And the Cleveland guys looked at them like they were speaking Spanish because <laughs> they said, "Huh?" So yeah, we, we we just we take our beat. We put a fan in the front, break the windows, go through. We're not trying to tear up these people's homes. Sometimes they don't have the opportunity to get them fixed, and we're not leaving a hole in somebody's roof just because we want to go up there and do it. We got enough guys. We put it out. Tell me the philosophy behind that and how that kind of came about. I don't know where it came about. Um, I can tell you that a lot of it had to do with manpower. You know, Mm -hmm. for a long time, we only had 12 guys on duty. 
uh, antiquated radio system where we were the only we were on an island by ourselves um, in order to get mutual aid or you know another city to come there it was you know you had to, I used to call on my cell phone mm-hmm. um, personally from my personal cell phone directly to dispatch center and say hey I need this this and this and this is before free because cell phones pretty much i mean you pay the bill and that's it this is like before nights and weekends this is before nine o'clock is when it's free time right right yeah Yeah. um so it was it was a it was just you take your licks yeah you take your beating yeah and you know i've I've burned my ears i burned my neck you know but pain is temporary and saving saving these people's buildings were was more important to us yeah um you know uh I, I had a fire one time i roasted i roasted the hell out of my ears um and the only reason that i did it was when i was on the second floor shagging hose uh there was all kinds of memorabilia from uh the quarterback from ohio state at the time i can't remember his name now oh what's my face um, um uh not cardale no, no. Because it was, it was, it, it was, was uh, Troy, 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 Troy Smith. He was, he was from Glenville. I was with, I was at that fire. <laughs> I roasted the hell out of my ears, Sev. Yeah. Um, it ended up being a stepsister's house. And you were still a firefighter then, too. And yep. uh, we bellied down this long hallway in the third floor attic, and I took a, I took an ass whooping. Yeah, I remember that fire. Uh, and it was all just it. to save that mem- memorabilia, because that's, that's all these people have. Yep. That's, you know? that's a, yep. And, uh, you know, that's that, that that we hang our hats on that in East Cleveland. You yeah. know, this is what these people have. Um, they're, they're a great group of people. I love the citizens there. And, um, you know, just because just cause you're under the average household median that for income and everything like that doesn't make you any less of a citizen. That, you, right. You know, Doesn't make you any less of a person. And that's that that was a beautiful thing. It was a real I, I keep saying was because it's been so long since I've been there. So excuse me and pardon me for that. But it's such a well close knit community. And then like I said, the fact that they have so many services that they had independent of anything else was just phenomenal. It's something that I always loved and appreciated about being there. It was I remember one time I went to the mayor because East Cleveland sent me to the police academy. And a lot of times I talk about how I have experience in every first responder like paramedic firefighter and police and East Cleveland sent me to the police academy and police academy was at Cleveland Heights Cleveland Heights is a big city it's a bigger suburb of Cleveland and they have their own police academy I went to the mayor and I said we have fires all the time why don't we have our own fire academy you can have people come in you can do things we can train them we can use the manpower we can use the money. It's, it's so many advantages to it. I was working on that. Well, I, I pitched this to him, um, Brewer, before, before I left, and it just kind of went by the wayside. But he lost right after I left, too. Um, now he's doing other things and being very out there. And, you know, he's, he's a super reporter now. But <laughs> it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't go anywhere. Um, but the 
training that we got there and the opportunity that I got to fight fires there was is unmatched to anywhere I can think of in the state of Ohio. Um, you know, going to a different city, going to Illinois, I've learned different stuff. And that's why I was trying to convey and say to you, you're a great firefighter overall, because here those same skills you had would have been relegated to just an apparatus. But there, those skills save people's lives. You know, it's it's funny because we um, – it's always been said in East Cleveland, and I, I think the manpower is down to 10 now. Um, when we step off those rigs, we're 10 of the baddest motherfuckers walking the face of the earth. Absolutely. There's no – I would – I tell you what, that, like, no disrespect to any other big city, you're not going to carry my Halligan bar. I got it. Yeah. Um, the just because when you're there, you're there. And when they when when other departments came over, we kicked their ass. When Cleveland came up from being down further, and they came up there, we beat the shit out of them. We did our thing. We, like I said, I'm so proud to have said I worked there, and I was only there for five years. And that five years probably gave me. <laughs> <laughs> About 20 years of experience. It's like dog years. Yeah, it, yeah, it gave me a lot of experience. I learned a lot. So not just fire-wise, medic-wise. I mentioned the fact that you was a medic, too. And like I said, my first working shift was with you on the ambulance. I don't think we did anything crazy other than go to a fire and you got me yelled at. But well, I don't know if I necessarily did that on it purpose. Was, it was my fault because I... It's what I wrote in my book. It's what I put in the um, Hey New Guy book. You know, you have to always keep your head on the swivel and be ready to work at all times. I was listening to other people taking assumptions. Mike, he said, oh, we just going to go there and it's going to be all right. They had a fire in the we – did, did we have captains then or were they just lieutenants? I want to say he was a captain. Yeah, Postal it was, was probably captain. captains. I think we had captains then. I think we had captains. Um, The – officer put it like that he said what are you doing I, said, I don't know he told me just stand here <laughs> i'm 23 because that's how old i was and he was like well let me ask you what was i doing standing there with me okay okay well, we were safe then <laughs> you were standing there with me he said oh my fire department guys come up and grab holes and do stuff and i said oh crap i'm sorry <laughs> so i started grabbing holes no bunker gear no nothing because we had just came off a run Jumped off the airboat. Well, we call them ambos here in Chicago, but jumped off the squad and and was just looking at them put out the fire. And he said, on my fire department, guys help and do stuff out. And from that point on. He was salty. I Yeah, he was salty as hell. In fact, he didn't even know me, but he came to my, because he retired, like, he was at Station 2. Station 2 was a luxury to be at. And... I didn't get to go down there that much, so I didn't even get to know him that well. Oh, you were down there for uh motherfucking barbershop, man. <laughs> we gonna get into that too. <laughs> but um I, I I like I said, I wasn't down there that often, but when I did go down there it was cool and um he retired a little bit after that. I think he got hurt and then he retired. But he came to my going away party when I was moving to Chicago and he said, Where are you going? I said, I'm going to Chicago. Well, I ain't got shit on East Cleveland. I said, You're right. I was, if it wasn't for a couple of other factors, I wouldn't leave. And these are the There's just best. one factor, it's just pay. 
yeah. 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 We, we have a great contract here. We're very fortunate to have that contract. We work hard for it. And it's easy. Well, you have to for $18 a, a pack of cigarettes. For yeah, in, in the city. I don't smoke, and I never knew they were that much, but... <sighs> Yeah, you told me 18 bucks. I was like, oh, you know what? Keep these things. <laughs> I'm quitting right now. It's like you throw a 20 at them. Give me a couple of suckers just so I can get the taste back in my mouth. But it depends on how you want to how you want to roll. Um, thing about it is, is, yeah, pay me a lot. And like I said, we're very fortunate to have the contract that we do. But it's easy when you have 5,000 people to throw at a situation. And that's what we do a lot of times with fires. We throw a lot of guys at fires. We, so what big cities do. Yeah, we have medics, and we throw a lot of medics at situations. But training-wise, I feel like there we were superior to every other department. And no offense, but I will literally, if we had the Firefighter Olympics, I would take East Cleveland and put them up against any fire department around that Ohio area and – just watch them shine. I'm gonna one up you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna nationwide. I can listen to that. I can I can listen. To no that. disrespect to FDNY. No disrespect to 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 your to my department. To your department. Yeah, I can it, listen to that. Any of these departments, like you jump off that rig, you may be on the knob, but you're gonna be pulling ceiling too. Yep. You're gonna be doing search and rescue. You're yep. gonna be doing. Uh, you're doing it. All you're doing it all, and and I watched it time and time again, where we have Cleveland because we butt up to Cleveland. Cleveland gets off the rig, and I'm shagging hose, and I'm like, hey, can you grab some hose? And I, you know, the guy points at his helmet and says, see this L on here? It says ladder. And I don't touch hose. Yeah, no. Well, you know what? Then get off the goddamn fire scene because you you're worthless as tits on a policeman. And that's what we used to. Say. <laughs> that's what we used to say at the time. Well, get going then, and I. I remember when I first got here, I got in trouble for, we had a fire. I was on a truck. When I first got here, I was on a truck, um, the only ALS truck on the west side at the time. And we still went to fires, but ALS means you go to the real deal ALS calls because I was a medic still. So we had a fire in a building. I'm grabbing holes as I go up, do my search. My captain, well, he's my lieutenant. He's a chief now. He said, what the fuck are you doing? So I'm trying to help him out. You're on a truck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that's what you're on. You're on a truck. You don't worry about Let that engine do what they need to do. You worry about what you need Departments to do. Departments all work differently, man. Yep, they all work it, different. It, you know what? It's amazing because you have different mindsets from one department to the next, but they all work. They all were, and that's the thing. We didn't lose anybody in the time I was there. Um, even the person you thought was the biggest punk ever was in there fighting fires with you. I can think of a guy, and he wasn't the hardest dude ever, but at the same time, we didn't have to do anything extra to him for him to go go in. We'll talk about, talk about that yeah, later yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. We, we, there's we, a, there's we not, plenty of guys that came through the, you know, came through the department that, you questioned, but everybody was always in there. And if they weren't in there, they didn't last long. They I'll didn't be last long. I mean, you know, and, and not jumping ahead, but, you know, when I got to the point where I was able to hire people, um, I'd always tell them, hey, look, man, it's not where you're starting out. It's where you finish. Oh, man. And you put your name next to East Cleveland on any application. 
they gonna know. They gonna pick you up because they're gonna know. They going and that's why I thought it was such a great idea for us to have a training ground because pretty much, and it's not like a, a thing to be proud of, but the majority of the people that got hired there left and went on to better and bigger and greener pastures and everywhere else. I mean, from chiefs jobs to lateral firefighter jobs to different states to um, we even had a guy go to different countries. Uh, we had a chief there at the time that used to keep track Zook kept track of where everywhere went. We had a kid go to FDNY. We had me come here to go to um, Chicago. Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, Fulton County, Georgia. I think there's one or two guys down there. Yeah. Um, all over Houston. Ohio. Houston. All over Ohio. Yeah. Yep. Moondoggies in uh, Texas somewhere. Yep. So we had people go everywhere. And just that. Uh, we had a guy that. He was in Cleveland, and then he was also trying for San Diego. So he was on San Diego for a little bit while I'm, yeah, I don't know, you know, but, the whole but, politics of it all. But, yeah. yeah, we got guys all over. And uh, I, I can't think of any department around that could say that. That puts people out like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know most of the guys that I hired, they, they've they've moved on to better, better departments, better pay. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing, like you said, it's better because the camaraderie is nothing like how it was there. You know, it's not, it, it, and it's the camaraderie. And let's just call it for what it is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there. Go there. Um, there is no white and black on the East Cleveland Fire on the Department. East Cleveland Fire Department. I agree with you one thousand. We all laugh and joke. We, we will, we. Racial slur, it, like it's it's a it's an absolute joke because we don't see that way. You were at my house, Tev. Yes, absolutely. I've had you know I had people at my house like celebrating. It's not how that it's how it's supposed to be. It's a family. Like I said, my one away group. party was at Pollock's house. He, he had oh, it out God, there he for had me. Some great, he had some great parties. Yes. Yeah, we need to talk to him. Again. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we we had a we had a good time out there, and like you said, there's no black and white on the no black East and Cleveland white fire man. department. And, and you know what, Rick, Rick was supposed to come up with me today, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a, you know he had some uh, arrangements that he had to take care of, you know, medical wise and stuff. But you know, Rick's you know he's a black man. I'm a white man, in case you can't tell, and. Uh, He's my brother. He's my best friend. Yeah. And, and another chief. Another chief. <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, we've gone through the struggles together. Yeah, we've argued back and forth, but at the end of the day, we're just doing our job and having a good time. And I've, I, some of my best friends are from there, man. I yeah. mean, you and I. We hadn't talked let, in forever. Let, but let's, talk just, yeah, okay, let's, talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I give you it. great. I give you great. Recommendation. Recommendation. Yes. I was actually a lieutenant at the time. Yeah, you were? I was a lieutenant at the time. I don't remember that, but I, yeah. I believe you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was. And I seen you once. Yeah, when I the came 12 back years. That I've been gone. That you've been gone. Yeah. I. As but much, you know what? As much as I love you, but, but, but hang on, before, you go, before you go anywhere. Yep. Where are we at right now? Oh, we right here in Chicago and you with me. That's how East Cleveland is. Because once you're family, you're family. Yeah. It's, I don't know. No. It's, you, you can't even explain it's it. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, the beautiful struggle. We have put it like that. So, 
we we you know we talked about fire. We got in the fire, and we could go on for that forever. But let's talk about EMS a little bit. Um, like I said, you easy were my- money sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but you were my like I said my first partner for on on the squad, and like I said, you showed me a lot. We went out there, we did things that we need to do. Do you remember? Um, we had that lady, we threw her on a monitor. And and that's the thing that's so different about when I moved here. We didn't have 12 leads when I first got here, but we had 12 leads in Cleveland. I went to paramedic school, and we barely touched on 12 leads. And the next thing I know, I'm in the field, and we're talking about 12 leads and, you know, elevated this and this. And elevated I'm like, T-waves wait, wait, hold, 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 hold. You having chest pain? I'm going to give you this, this, and this. Yeah. We put that lady on the monitor. She was throwing up. She was presenting every sign, and she had the third-degree heart block, and we was like, this don't look like nothing we've seen before. What are we supposed to do with this? What are we supposed to do with our hands? And, you know, we started the line, took her to the hospital, got her to the Cleveland Clinic, and that's why we were able to get all of that stuff at the time because the Cleveland Clinic is a huge hospital. They gave us a lot of stuff, and we saved a woman's life just EMS-wise. A lot of lives saved. Yeah, a lot, a lot of lives life saved. So, I actually had a friend of mine, I, and you know, whatever belief you have, you have. Um, but uh, I had a friend of mine that believes in, you know, the whole, you know, going to see psychics and everything. And Okay. Um, you know, I'm not dismissing it or anything, but... Um, they were told that I have a lot of angels around me that were from patients that I saved that have died later on. Let's let's go into that because that's exactly you. You connected me to exactly where I wanted to go because um, I want to talk about mental health and I want to talk about mental health in the fire service and everything else. So I myself personally had a mental health crisis, but we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. So if you feel comfortable, do you want to tell us about your mental health crisis and where you're at? Absolutely. Okay. Where do you want to go? Um, you want me to go back to the beginning? You were at the fire. Uh, yes. Let's, let's talk about the fire. Let's talk about it. 2006, February, the weekend before uh, Daytona, as a matter of fact. Laying in bed, guy's last shift, he says, before he moved on to another department, says, man, this is the last time I'm going to be in this rack. I said, well, let's keep it that way. <laughs> no sooner do I say that, the hotline rings. Now, you know I was a truckie for about 12 years. Okay. Let's talk about mental health in the truckie industry, by oh, the way, okay. later on down the line. Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, no sooner do I say that, hotline rings. We pull up, you know, we go out there you know supposedly a working house fire uh i'm gonna you know i'm on the back that was before i was promoted and uh you know open the bay doors and you can smell it mm -hmm. we were first due and we pull up snowy night cold night typical yeah i mean you, you see him here in chicago yep the night that you just want to stay in bed yeah that's every night. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. But you know what? Sometimes when you, when you, know you get up. Like, like, trust me. Yeah. I, I'm I'm, not, I'm staying in bed almost every night, and it sucks. Yeah. You know? Uh, so we pull up. 
and it's 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 going pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who want to see the picture of it, you know, you can go to my Facebook page. It's Mike Saliga, and it's a public page. My whole story's there. If you miss something, and the picture's there. Uh, picture of the second Duke company. We get off the rig, and my officer calls for a two and a half, which at the time we were only running a three-man truck company, which when it's in our side of town, we run it as a quint where we were stretching hose lines if we needed to. And so I was basically stretching a two and a half with me, and I don't even think the squad was there yet. Yeah. They might have got there. Now, when we say the squad, again, that's the ambulance. The ambo unit, yeah. Because they come and it's two guys on there, and that's how we used to run our stations. We had guys on the engine, um, and then guys on the truck, and then the ambo would come and hook up. Station 2 had the the ladder truck and the the EMS unit. EMS unit had two guys on it. Uh, At the time, the truck company had three guys on it. Yep, two guys and one guy on the back of the truck. Yep, and then uh, Station 1 had... A engine, another squad, and the command car. So uh, we pull up, and uh, Skippy was still there. You remember Skip? Skip Lowry. Skip Lowry. Yep. Uh, great guy. Great guy. I, you know what? He disappeared, and then I'd seen him right before uh, my meltdown happened as well. But mm-hmm. uh, he's doing well. And... He called for two and a half, and I was pissed because I had to stretch that thing by myself, basically. <laughs> get to the front door, get inside. We start start doing our thing, and we both, I think we got the report at that point in time. I don't know if it was then or shortly thereafter that there was there was a person missing. Yep. Uh, it was a kid. Yep. And next thing i knew that place lit up and i was kicking his ass in the chest man mm-hmm. i was just punt uh, kicking him like skip i can't go any deeper and i'm not trying to stroke my own ego or anything like that there's not many fires that i've ever been pushed out of mm-hmm. for heat mm-hmm. this was one um got back to the front porch and i was only about three feet inside maybe four and two li- two hose lines, my two and a half, and another inch and inch three quarter. We darkened it back down, and then we dropped our line and went upstairs looking for this other kid. Um, once upstairs, I hit the hit the uh, <clears throat> hit the bathroom to the hit the bathroom that was to the right. There was nothing, and then by that time, another crew had come up, and I don't know if you were part of that crew or not. Uh, they had come up a uh, set a ladder. Uh, you know, they put a ladder up to the second floor and came in. Mm-hmm. There was some talk in the the hallway. We're we're good twelve minutes into it. We all know that this kid's done. Done. Yep. It, it's you know party's over. I was on the um, back of one eleven because I was. So the you were medic. you were you were you were there. Yep. Um, we. Um, after a little bit of chatter in the hallway, and, and, and mind you, everything in East Cleveland's uh, <clears throat> built in the 1940s, 30s, 20s. 20s. Everything's two and a half stories, which is basically a two and a half story frame. Right. So, so it's all wood. All wood. Yep. Balloon construction. Yep. The the attic is basically another living space for most most residents. We mm-hmm. didn't even check that attic, but 
Um, after a little chatter in the hallway, some some bottles started going off that we needed to get out, and uh, everybody started pushing towards the stairwell. I was the last one. I said, I don't know where you guys think we're going. Hose line's downstairs, and we're cut off. Mm-hmm. So everybody says, you know, so they, okay, we're going to go to the ladder that we just came up through, you know, through the window. So we hit that window. Everybody took the window. Everybody took the wall to the right. Mm-hmm. Except my dumb ass. And I took the, I took the uh, wall to the left. And I remember tripping over something and saying, God damn it, I wish these people in East Cleveland would just fucking clean their house. Mm-hmm. Can't leave shit laying around. Get outside. Um, I change my bottle. A couple more guys, you know, they get their bottles changed before me. They go back in, knock it down, <clears throat> hit the second floor, and I look up, and here comes one of our guys down the front porch roof with the kid in his hand, smoke coming off of steam coming off of both him and the kid. And I knew you were inside. Mm-hmm. You were the you it was me, you and uh Sonny were the only three medics working that day. Yep. So I said, Well shit, Sonny's gonna need some help. I go over the squad unit with him, the EMS unit with him. You know, we put the monitor on just uh do what we supposed to do. Do what we're supposed to do, but, you know, everybody knew. Yeah. And, you know, I said, hey, Sonny, you know, you go. It was his last shift. Mm-hmm. He went, he's actually a captain now over in uh, the department that he went to. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that shit. Don't. Yeah, we keep right. it. Um, I run into him every once in a while, but <clears throat> he um he went back, and uh, oh, yeah, I already said Pollock, so... Pollock and I. Uh, well, Pollock's still there, so yeah. <laughs> Pollock and I took him to the to, took him to the hospital. I called in a report just to say, "Hey, look, I know I'm bringing you a dead body, but hey, the streets are everybody's yelling and screaming. We got to get this kid we out. Got to do something." Yeah. Um, after I get off the phone, I look down and I realize that uh, half of the kid's face is missing, and then I look at my boot. And I realized that his skin is all over the top of my boot. So the shit that I tripped over on the second floor was actually him. And the uh, being a truckie, man, you you just, and maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me you were a truckie for a while and you're around a rescue crew. You mm-hmm. hold yourself to a higher standard. You train, you drill, and there's no room for imperfection. And I dealt with that for a long time. You know what? And it's not just to speak to that. I think it's to speak to the job overall. But, yes, we hold ourselves, especially when you've been training and you've been doing stuff. You do some shit that's fucking balls. And you think and you feel like I should be above whatever this is. Not taking anything away from an engine guy. I'm not. No, no, no. That's not what we hear. We're, we're upstairs. We're upstairs. We're on the second floor searching without hose lines. We're in the basement searching without hose lines. We're doing shit without hose lines. We're do, we're doing stuff without protection. Right. And right, wrong, or indifferent. It's not the fact that the kid died for me. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I tripped on his body, and I left his soul up there, seven minutes alone. 
he was the same age as my son, roughly, at the time, mm-hmm. by himself. And I had a hard time. I still have a hard time dealing with that. Mm-hmm. To this very second, it eats at me. And um, I dealt with that for many, 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 many years. I get up every night between 2 and 3 in the morning. I don't know if you remember. You sure you were at Station 1 that night? I'm positive because I wasn't allowed to come to Station 2 for a while, and that's when I first got hired. Okay. Between 2 and 3 in the morning is when we got back to the station, and that's when we all sat around the kitchen table perfectly silent and shoved shoved our suck holes full of leftover dinner. Mm -hmm. And I get up to this day. At the same time. 80% of the nights, that same time, yep. and eat. Um, it's so funny. And I always thought it was because I was, I always took the second night watch. Yeah. Now, you know, I we talked about, we did our own dispatching, and our night watches went from 10 to 115 and 115 to 230. No, 115 to 3. F- Shit, it's been that long. Yeah. 115 <laughs> to... Three thirty, three thirty to f- to four thirty. Five we used to no, do four f- watches, right? So five thirty watches. Five thirty was the third watch, the end of the third watch. Yeah, and you had so, to have seniority to get because the worst watches was the two and the three. I always took the two, no matter what. Yeah, though, yeah the two and the three was the worst. So you would love when the senior guy would take the two or the three. Like, yeah, I'm getting away with something. He wasn't yeah. getting away with shit. No, but, no, they, they all sucked, man. They, they all, all sucked. sucked. But yeah, I always, I always attributed it to taking the second watch. Yeah, and it's not the case, man. It's not the case. I, uh, I, I, and it's funny that you say that because they say that's when, that's when your consciousness kicks in for all the stuff that you got going on. I wake up at those times, hmm. and that's what we're here to talk about. The um, people who feel like that—that's that's an indicator. So, talk about it. So, I am. Um I always attributed it to that. And then, uh, I mean, that was from 2006 mm-hmm. to to current date. I mean, I still wake up with dreams. Um, a perfectly, like, I don't sleep in a dark, perfectly dark room. Mm-hmm. There always has to be some ambient light off in the distance and so that I can, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can see what's going on. That's because of us sleeping with that TV on all the time. I remember I turned it off one time on a guy, and he like wanted to beat the shit out of me. For just me, because for me, Sev, it probably was you. No, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. For me, because I don't believe in the TV in the bedroom. The bedrooms for um, for two things. Two two things, and we'll just leave it at that. Okay. If you don't know what those two things are, then uh, you know, then go you back to, to high school. It, there you go. <laughs> um I I need some light so that when I wake up in the middle of the night cuz I I have woke up in the middle of the night in a perfectly dark room and hit the floor looking you know doing a search. Yeah. Um basically the fire service fucked me up, man. Yeah. And that is so 
it's funny because we talk about it at the front end, how proud we are to be where we at and how proud we are to work for the communities we work for. But then on the second end, we have these situations that then really feel like messed us up. It, the thing is, is the the fire service, what I've experienced, and I'm going to talk about just me because I'm not going to, I'm not going to be one of those guys that speaks for everybody, but for go. me. There you go. What I have experienced recently and, and all the way back to 2006 is the exact opposite of what we see a firefighter as. And I'm not, I'm not a weak man. You worked with me. No, I'd say you you're a G for real. Um, and I'm not, you know, I appreciate that. And, and but the thing is, is the the feelings that we're supposed to hide, we're not supposed to have. We're supposed to be able to work through things. Yeah, we work through those things, but. When do we ever get a chance to recover from them? And for me, the last 10 years, I worked three jobs. I worked three fire department jobs. I would go from East Cleveland to those other two part-time jobs. And I never, ever shut it down. And when did I get a chance to recover from it? I never did. Very rarely did I did. And it wasn't enough. And it just... It keeps building and keeps building and keeps building. And the one thing that I know is, and, and I mean, I'll punch a guy in the face if he tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> I know you will. I've seen it. But you go to a working fire and you do some shit and you come back and then you're off for 48 hours. Well, you just spent 24 hours in your twenty-four hour sh- in your twenty-four hour shift, you had the biggest adrenaline rush, the biggest high of your life, and then you come back, and forty-eight hours, you start coming down, you start coming down, and then you start feeling like shit again, and then you're right back at work. So what you gonna do to make it get back up? So what you gonna do to make it come back up? For me, I'll be honest, man, I did some messed up things in my life, gambling. I did, uh, you know, affairs. I did all kinds of things to keep my adrenaline up because that's what was. Because when you're coming down, nobody wants to come down. Think about it. When you're drinking, do you want to ever, do you want to stop drinking? No, you just want to go to sleep and wake up in the morning and you're hungover and who cares? Um, But if you start drinking in the morning, do you ever really want to stop? No, because then you feel like shit. Same thing with same thing with my mind. You know, I mean, so it it got it got real bad, and um, I dealt with that from two thousand and six to to the riots of last year. And in the the riots in Cleveland, I uh, I was a SWAT medic. Um, we were just starting the SWAT medic program. And I ended up in downtown Cleveland during the June riots, May, June, whatever it was, May 31st. Yeah, that, 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 whatever. Yeah. And people yelling and screaming at the streets, in the streets at us, triggered 2006. 
when the people were yelling and screaming in the streets in East Cleveland. And that trigger at that moment in time triggered something I've never had before in my entire from 2006, and that was the smell of burning flesh. Yep. Couldn't I couldn't eat for you know I I would go two three days without eating, go two three days without sleeping, and. I mean, let's call for what it is, man. I, I was hiding from everybody. I didn't want to see anybody that I knew. It's a textbook. I knew it. Couldn't control it, though. And ultimately, um, it led to me resigning from my three jobs to go to the Center of Excellence in Maryland, which is the only place in the world that deals with firefighters with PTSD substance abuse, mental health issues, eating issues, whatever. Only place in in the world right now. So I I went there in uh in February, um resigned from my three jobs to save my save my name and went there to work on myself becoming a man and not working on my tan. You're not working on your tan. Your tan does look good. I mean, I mean, I'm part Italian, so you know the olive oil just you know helps me bake. No, you just brown up, and then you I got know. the then but you got you know the blonde what? hair. But you got that. But you 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 always have that good look. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I, um, I burned my face, and I spoke with someone today, and they said, "Do you want to file something?" I said, "Well." I'm dark already, and it doesn't look like I really burned my face, so I guess I can't do anything. Yeah, you probably can't do anything. So yeah, it cost me a little bit, but, hey, that's okay. Yeah, hey, you know, there's just uh, battle wounds. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. So, so my- ultimately, yeah. It, it, Go ahead. It, because, and I, I, I knew. I knew since 2006 that I had. But, see, when you're, when you're on shift, you have... You have those coping mechanisms. You got the ball busting all yeah, the time. Yeah, the ball busting all oh the time. You God, talk. You laugh. People you joke, talk shit you to know. you. You talk shit to them. You call them names. We got jokes from 12 years ago that are still relevant right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Reindeer games. Reindeer, motherfucking barbershop man. Motherfucking barbershop man. <laughs> God bless you, Jerry Jones. You know what? And, and here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this, Seven. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to. This is what hurts. This is what hurts. I had more retired guys, more guys that left East Cleveland to go to other departments, reach out to me than my own guys. And I left there as the fucking fire chief. But do you know why? Oh, well, probably because they were told, you know, you can't, you can't take Salida. That's not why. That's right. not why. I'm, right. I'm going to tell you right. why. Tell I'm me the real. Tell, you why tell me the real. Man. In, in you, open you, space. Okay. It's hard. To prepare yourself to talk to somebody that has issues within themselves. So you have to get yourself ready to talk to somebody else that has something going on. It doesn't matter what it is going on. You have to you have to prep yourself. You have to get yourself. And a lot of people aren't ready to do that. Now, we can do that with people we don't know. We're in the fire service. We're in the EMS service. We go to these calls. That's what we get paid to do. I'm not getting paid to check on you. 
It's not so much checking on me, man. No, no, no. I'm not talking about just you. I'm saying I'm not getting paid to do that. So it's an uncomfortable situation. I'm not putting my, I don't want to put myself in that uncomfortable situation if I don't have to. That's all it is. So it's not that the guys don't love you because I'm sure they do. I'm positive they do. I just think they don't know what to say. You know what? And I see that. You're right. Um, And I've had this multiple conversations with multiple people and you're spot on, and the guys don't know what to say. And I don't want them to say anything. You know what I want them to say? Hey, remember that time? Hey, remember? Hey, you know? I mean, nothing. Like, don't feel bad for me. This is not a pity party for me. This is a pity party for the next person that's fucked up and didn't hear my story, doesn't know your story. Well, that's why we're getting it out there. But the thing is, you don't know what you don't know. I can't know how to react to you if I don't know how to react to you. Right. So I'm not saying you're taking it personal. I'm not taking it personal. But, but that, it, 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 it's, it is hurtful. It is hurtful. And there's been a few guys. There's been a few guys. But I'm just trying to, that have reached to, out, but... to talk, talk you through it and everything else. The thing about it is, is... If I don't know what to do and I don't want to put myself in an uncomfortable situation, it's hard for me to put myself in that situation on purpose. That's all. How can we help so many people? Uh, now, you rode with me how many time, How many years? How many years? A long time. Just the, just the five that I was there, but we was on B-Shift the entire time we were together. B, we were B-Tarts we together. The, we were in B-Tarts. <laughs> And we was the only two medics at the time. They put me together. And then they split us apart because remember when they did one and one? Before it used to be two had to be together. And yeah. Then they did one and one. Then they had back to two to be together. But so we, we, we were together for a long time. And how many how many times was I disrespectful to people? Even psych Never. patients. Never. Exactly. Never. Absolutely zero. I always, I, you know, look, I don't know what the next man's got going on in his head or the woman. I don't mean to say man by, you know, I don't mean to hey, sound like Hey, the name that. of my book is Hey, New Guy. Yeah, and, I know. I and, heard that And, story, and yeah. the thing is, guy applies to everybody. Right. Man applies to everybody. Whoa, man, she's still there. We recognize I, her. Thank I always you. try not to we be disrespectful women. to anybody. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what my... Not, just, not just like that, but... Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I don't... There's no room for disrespect. With any, anything, you know, race, religion, anything, what, you know, when you, I, I was at the Chicago Fire Academy and that was one of the things that I preached and told the candidates is no matter how you feel, no matter how you're dealing with anything else, don't disrespect anybody. I don't care. You can't. Ooh, it is. Now, 3 o'clock in the morning, if you're calling me because you cut a bunion off your foot with a razor blade, I'm going to be a little pissed off. I'm going to tell you that right now, straight. Now, that <laughs> is an entirely different conversation. I mean, if we want to get into worst calls at the mm-hmm. worst time of night, we can get into all of that. Because I remember during the blizzard, I had a guy whose teeth was bleeding. He said, I went to the dentist earlier today, and now my mouth is bleeding. And I said, do you see what it looks like outside? And he said, yeah, but what you want me to do about my mouth? Hey, how about the guy that used to call us all the time to, like, change his thermostat? Were you there for that? 
No, I wasn't there for that. But I was I was in yeah. Chicago for a guy. We get back to the station after we just turned the thermostat up, and he'd say we turned it up too high, and we have turn, to go back and turn, back, and back, turn down. It back down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? Never disrespectful. I had a guy who couldn't get up and answer his own door, so we had to. I guess we have in these pain Olympics, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we had to throw a ladder. To his window every time and I was the newest guy on the truck I used to have to climb through his window every time go open the door for the rest of the guys to come in and just do whatever he wanted us to do I wish Rick was here because he would tell this great story but I'm going to try and paraphrase this thing we got a call one time for this lady that locked herself out of her house and we would never go to the lockouts because can't prove whether you live there it's or their not. house or not yeah. right but she said, oh, I left I left something on the stove, which is the go-to, people. Yes. Which oh, I, don't I tell them that. I, I tell oh. you what. Well, hang on, hang on. I'm going I'm to tell you this right now. You do that, and there's nothing on the stove, I'm fucking something up. <laughs> so I get there. We throw a ladder up. I can tell there's nothing on the stove. I destroyed this lady's window so damn bad going into the second floor window. Like... <sighs> I didn't even mean to do it, but I meant to do it, if that and makes any sense. And then once it was done, it was already over with. Yeah, and then I kind of felt bad about it. I'm like, wait a minute. We don't cut holes in people's roofs because we don't want to destroy their shit, but I'm destroying this chick's window. You know what? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. She just got home from the bar, and she locked herself out. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So, I mean, look, people. We do, th- we do a lot of horrendous shit. Don't add more to our plates. Please. Please, please, please. If you locked yourself out, don't lie and say that you think you left something on the stove. Just say, hey, you know what? I'm an idiot and I locked myself out because I've done it. it we all have done it. So, As a matter of fact, I could break into my own truck in under 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. So let's. Let's 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 wrap this up. Let's get to the end because oh, we, we we can go for three hours. We can go for three hours, but at the same time, we're setting you up, and what we want to happen is for you to have your own podcast to do this all over again. Oh well, can you come in Cleveland? Absolutely, you gonna make the trip? Absolutely, you're gonna come and see me when you come to Cleveland. Because the last I don't know, thank like you, thank you for making seventy five hundred times that you've come to Cleveland to see your family, you haven't come to see me. That, uh, Thank you for making me feel bad. I appreciate that. But I still love you. You're the man, homie. Thank yeah. you. Right. Anyway, yes, I will be coming to Cleveland, and then we're going to set you up. We're going to get you going with your own podcast. We're going to come up with your name. You're going to come up with everything. We're going to get you going, and we're going to do this all over again, especially with our Cleveland friends and everything else, because mental health is a huge, huge. issue. And huge. it's something we need to talk about. It's something we don't get the opportunity to address and and brush on i me just speaking for severin i want to talk about it from the firefighter perspective from the paramedics perspective and from the police officers perspective you know and the other thing is and i don't mean to you know rain on your parade or anything but you're not how many doctors and nurses do we know personally that have lost their licenses because of substance abuse because oh yep because they started self-medicating yep Look, I can't hide it. I self-medicated. I did it. But you know what? I did it to kill my pain. I did it because I didn't manage my personal life with my work life. I didn't have the understanding of what I needed to do to get it all straight. 
And you know, and now I'm paying have... huge consequences. Like, I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm basically on my own. I mean, I still have my parents, but I'm on my own because my family doesn't want shit to do with me because I I, I hurt I, I I pissed in their Cheerio bowl. I don't fucking know. Well, but you know what? I get it. Is. I cheated. I, t- I, I, I spent money. I, I I was supposed to be the man. And the thing is, is a man is only respected, in my opinion, mm-hmm. when they can provide something. And once they're not providing anything, they're easily kicked to the curb. Okay, Chris Rock. <laughs> Because that's a Chris Rock thing, but I won't. I won't go that far. I hear you. Well, that's Heard. what I feel right now. I, I understand you. On top of that, but what I want to say to you for public consumption for everybody to hear, for anybody else to, that feels the exact same way, the thing that I appreciate about you is that you own one thousand percent. Forget the hundred. I'm, I'm like, you own I'm everything. Sugarcoated. You 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 own everything that you did. Have I ever have I ever sugarcoated anything? No reindeer games. <laughs> Was that after you guys decided <laughs> to you know put the squad sideways like you know <laughs> like you guys were racing it out of the backyard? Remember that time I got stuck? Yes. And you were so pissed off because I called for you. Yes. Yeah. That's when I had a voice though. <laughs> Look, man, I seen this guy. Do some fucking hillbilly shit. <laughs> and he literally floored the squad and had it coming around the backside of this building. Going sideways. Going sideways. Yeah. Mud shooting everywhere. Yeah. Because My- I called him. And, and you know what? The patient jumped out of like the like ninth floor of the building. And he had the patient in the back of the squad. My my officer now. I'm driving one of the Biggest, nicest rigs in the city. He's like, hey, take it easy, take it easy, take it easy. And I'm like, oh, you don't know where I'm from. Oh, you got to drive it. Drive it like, drive it like you stole it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. You got to drive it like you stole it. Maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. Too late. It's out there. Well, I'm off the job, so drive it like you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not co-signing for that. I'm, I'm I'm the number one driver right now. You and, should be. And you I have to be, be You know what, Sam? I'm, I'm going to get a little, like, I'm so proud of where you are at. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know if I had influence or anything like that. but You definitely did. Bro, I cannot, I cannot be any prouder. You're like my own kid. Thank you. Yeah, when you said 91 and you was coming through the door, I'm like, damn, I was only 10. So, <laughs> Yeah, I was coming through the door at 91. Man. Yeah, when you said that. And 30 years in the fire service got me 30 days in uh, the Center of Excellence in Maryland. So, also known as Camp Sad. Nope, we're not going to call it that. No, you know what? It, we endured up there. We, we, Sad Camp Firefighter 2021. Yeah, spring 2021. Yeah, we endured. Okay. Um, we actually had t-shirts made. Well... You guys, uh, you know, we're in the right place. Firefighters are a messed up place. You were yeah. in the right place for the right time. Best uh, place that I could retire from. A lot of times, we, I rang the bell out there for my closing ceremony, and that's I didn't get the blowing out ceremony at East Cleveland. I rang the was, bell. <laughs> you know what? You're speaking of the blowing out ceremony. So let me explain what that is. 
when you retire from the city of East Cleveland, everybody comes around and the apparatus that we have, we got two engines, a truck, two ambos, um, a deputy chief car, and we just turn on all the lights and sirens and blow you out. Just blow everything till it As goes out. you walk out. out the front door. You walk out the front door and it's just a joyous occasion. So my last day there, I said, I've been here so long and I know I don't earn a blowout. But I took the deputy chief's car and I turned on every siren <laughs> and every light. How did I miss that? And I just walked out the door. You was already gone and promoted by the end. I just walked out the door to that. And um, Tom Flowers, he looked out the window. He laughed at me. He waved at me. Just turned everything off. Because he was the guy that was in charge that day. He just turned everything off. And to me, that was, that was fun enough. But me and another buddy of mine, the fire service, we don't get our jerseys hung in the rafters, but no. we are like athletes to an extent. I mean, we have people that's in the Hall of Fame. We got guys we remember and everything else. But we don't get our our jerseys, our fire coats hung in the rafters. Just, I don't even have mine. I don't even know if I have. No, you know what? I didn't even get a badge when I walked out or was pushed out. We're going, whichever it is going to be. Don't worry. We'll get you that. Don't, yeah, don't worry. You know what, I got my coin from. Uh, <laughs> from the center. From the center. Okay. The thing about it is, is that we have to learn how to treat this profession and this job for what it's worth. And that's what this whole movement is about, especially with the mental health. Ladies and gentlemen, it's okay not to be okay. Oh, man. Look on my website. Oh, I didn't wear that shirt when I have that. But that's it's I okay have not to be okay, it's man. It's okay to I, not be okay. I tell you what, man. I was not okay for so long, so long. Distanced myself from family functions, all kinds of messed up crap. It's okay not to be okay. Go get the help early, so you don't end up like Dirty Uncle Mike. <laughs> we won't call you Dirty, but we'll call you Uncle Mike. All right, call me Uncle Mike. <laughs> Everybody in East Cleveland calls me Dirty Uncle Mike or White Chocolate, so whatever. I'm with it. But that's the thing. That's what we're preaching. That's what we talk about. That's what we're sitting down for. That's IFF, what we care for. You need to step your game up. I'm going to call you out right now. This is Mike Saliga calling out call the IFF. Out. You need to step the game up because heart disease and cancer and, cancer and, and back injuries is not – all that there is mental health i know three guys three guys since easter that have committed suicide since easter three 2021 guys. easter 2021 one was a guy from a community in the same county that i live in then right after that was a guy that i went to the center with two days later committed suicide after he got out and then the third guy was a guy that was off the job and let's talk about retired guys. Retired guys. He was off the job for 12 or 15 years. Went out on a back disability that committed suicide. So let's talk about that and stop investing money into these, the 700 class, the 300 class, these, all this other crap. Because let me tell you something. Working structure fires isn't killing the amount of guys that, suicide is killing that we're taking ourselves out i mean like i look down the business end of a gun i know what it's like i look down the business end of my pistol put that into perspective 
And tell me that it's not a real thing. I don't think nobody can tell you it's not. Whether I wanted to do it in my dress uniform or save the dress uniform for my funeral. Invest the money, IAFF. Please. I'm begging you. You don't want me to be the spokesperson? Don't let me be the spokesperson. Somebody else put their name on it. But somebody needs to step up and invest more money. There's one facility right now that deals with fire and EMS personnel with mental health. The second one's supposed to be opening, and there's a potential for a third. We need more. This needs to be continuing edu- education. This needs to be something that we... T- that were taught in the fire academy. That's what I was gonna say. This is something we need to be talking about in the fire because academy. Because let me tell, let me tell you something. The shit that I've seen, the shit that I've seen. Look, man, we're human. Let me tell you the worst question anybody can ask you, a layman. I and I have a couple of podcasts that I do, and I act as a layman, and that's my job. Please don't ask your first responders what's the worst day they've ever seen or what's the worst call they've ever seen. Please don't do that. Don't ever. Because who do you think wants to relive the worst thing they've ever seen? For that person, this is the worst day of their life, and I have to relive the worst day of their life. And then on top of that, it's just a Tuesday because that's the Tuesday I happen to be at work. Please don't do that and and help out your first responders, your police officers, your firefighters, your paramedics. That's what this entire episode is about. I had a job interview one time for a part-time job. They asked me why I wanted to be a firefighter. I told them I wanted to sit around the fire station. And, and not mind you, I had many, 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 years, many, many years on. And I said, I want to sit around the fire station and bust balls with the guys. Because if somebody's calling me, they're having the worst day of their life. Mm-hmm. I want to come in. I want to check my trucks. And I want to sit there and make fun of the next guy. Mm-hmm. Because the shit that we see, the shit that we do, the shit that we've been through, man, I don't want my kid to ever do this. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> it, it, you didn't hit on a whole nother time. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. But, but I if somebody's gonna if somebody's to gonna it. be doing it, then somebody like you and I need to be standing up and saying it's okay not to be okay, Sev. Yes, absolutely. It's okay to see the shit that you're seeing, and deal with the shit that you're doing, and go home and just stare at a wall and not have your wife ridicule you and tell you that you're wrong and suck it up and be a man. It's okay to be a human. It's okay to be a human. You know what? I can't think of any other way to end this podcast. I agree, brother. Other than it's okay to be okay. It's It's okay okay to to be be okay, man. And you and I will be working hard. To get this movement pushed. To get this movement pushed. And next time we talk, hopefully it's on your show. And we're going to be talking from a whole new location. Mike, I can't thank you enough. Sav, I can't thank you enough for having me up here, brother. You came. Hey, you called. You know what? I'll be honest with you. Before before I shake your hand. Okay. Remember back in January you called me? Yes. I was about six days away from eating a gun. You kept me alive. 
You kept me alive, brother. Don't don't do that now. No, I'm doing that shit right <laughs> fucking now, right here on this ca- on don't, this podcast. Don't do that now. You kept me alive. I love you because love you, you told me your story, and I knew that I wasn't by myself. And the IFF was my last May Day, and I felt I faltered a little bit when I got back. But it was just a little hiccup in the May Day. My May Day's right now, brother. I love you. Ain't no bond that's ever gonna break us. I love you, and I'm. And I can't believe I ain't fucking cried like a little bitch like throughout this whole. (laughs) No, you know what, Sev? Because Sev cries all the time. I'm gonna cry like a son of a bitch when when I push that record button (laughs) and it's off. If you know Sev, you know how Sev rolls, so. I love you, brother. I love you, too. All right. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. I hope this reaches somebody, and I'm sure it will at some point. It's okay, nice. Be okay, brother. Forget a handshake. It's going to be a hug after. Okay. Bye. Uh, Push the button.